Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone and anyone who is listening on the Society of Conservation Biology Malaysia chapter podcast called My Conservation Conversation. And welcome to our very first episode. This is, of course, the lead up into World Sea Turtle Day on June 16th. And today we have a sea turtle conservationist, Sharifa. How are you doing, Sharifa? Hi, Richard. I'm doing fine. That's great to hear. So why don't you tell me about what you do? Right. I'm the team leader for the Tengganu Turtle Conservation Project in WWF Malaysia. What we do there is basically uh, working on sea turtle conservation, mainly beach monitoring, research, and community awareness. That sounds like a lot of work for just a small office. Oh, yes. <laughs> Our team is just three of us. For those of you who don't know, I've actually had the fortune and opportunity to meet Sharifa in person in Turanganu and meet some of the people in the office. They are really superheroes in what they're doing in Turanganu. And I think we'll start off with a very simple question that Sharifa um, will have unending answers for, which is, what kind of threats do sea turtles face, particularly here in Malaysia? First things first is we look in Turanganu, that every year a lot of turtles die. We found them stranded on the beach. So one of the main reasons why is uh, we think they drown due to bycatch or accidental catch caused by usually illegal fishing gear because the illegal ones would have a larger mesh tie and easily catch the turtles and they leave the net in the water for 24 hours. So there will be no chance for the turtle to go up and breathe some air. So we often found the carcass of the turtle in the beginning of the year during mating season and then there is another threat which is the direct take of turtles this did not happen in Tunganu mostly it happened in Babah waters it was reported that the poachers or these fishermen specifically went out to see catch turtles they were from either Vietnam Hainan or the Philippines we don't experience that in the peninsula Malaysia and yes the coastal development whereby climate change is actually enhancing the waves that causes the beach erosion. I mean, erosion is normal, but due to climate change, it's getting more intense. And also land reclamation. This problem happens in, for example, in the state of Malacca, where they do land reclamation almost everywhere. And it's giving a negative impact to the nesting beach. In Toronganu, we are facing another problem, which is the light pollution coming from the oil and gas industry. For example, the beach in Madeira in Turkey. At night, if you are there, it's brightly lit. And most of the turtles will come up to lay egg at the other end of the beach where it's darker. Another thing is the irresponsible turtle tourism. For example, on the two islands in Terengganu, they have this swim with the turtle package where snorkelers can go snorkeling or swimming with the turtles. Oh dear. The not so nice thing to hear or see is that the tour operators allow the snorkelers or swimmers to touch or get closer to the turtle. And we are worried that, you know, you never know, it's turtle is a, it's wildlife, so they might bite you. So we want to prevent that actually. The most, I would say, popular threats in Turunganu, especially, is the egg and consumption, which is still ongoing. Um, uh, you are in Turunganu? I mean, you've been there? Yeah. Eggs are sold openly, uh, especially in Zapayam, in Kuala Turunganu. Mm. The thing is, turtle is a state matter. So different state in Malaysia has different laws on fisheries and on turtles. Mm. So for Tunganu, 
they have their own Jengano Turtle enactment 1951. Mm. In that enactment, only the leatherback turtle eggs are not allowed to be sold or eaten. Right. Whereas the other, you can sell or eat. So that's why we see a lot of these eggs are being sold in the market. That sounds like a lot of problems that sea turtles are facing. And it makes you ever wonder how we could ever have a sea turtle population at all. So you may or may not know, Sharifa, but the Malaysian chapter for Society Conservation Biology is putting together a pledge where people can come online and sign a pledge to stop sea turtle egg consumption. How bad is the problem of sea turtle egg consumption in Terengganu? Right. Um, so JWF did a public acceptance survey on sea turtles back in 20. Then we had another egg consumption survey in 2009. But the findings from the 2014 survey were quite interesting. So we interviewed around 1,090 consumers. Wow. <laughs> it's that many samples. Yeah, that's a big sample. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, we actually also interviewed a few of the egg sellers in Pasapayang and a few egg collectors, the licensed egg collectors. From the consumer side, out of the 1,090 consumers, when we asked them what was the main reason for them to want to eat turtle eggs, so 31% said because they like the taste. To them, it's delicious and the taste is unique. I know some people, they don't really like the taste because it's slimy. Ooh. But some people really, really like the taste. <laughs> I don't eat, I never, never, never ever eat turtle eggs at all. No, I I, I couldn't bring myself to eat it either. I don't know. It just it just look. Oh, just just thinking about eating raw eggs, whether it's turtle or chicken, it is just, uh. yeah. And about twenty six percent say they eat because they're influenced by the family. Maybe their parents oh. come back and got some turtle eggs for you, something like that. Or your friends bought for you. Oh, so that's interesting. So would they not normally eat sea turtle eggs? It's just that, oh, I bought some for you. Please eat it. Just out of being polite, they would eat the turtle eggs. Um, I think. They know if you, the turtle egg eater or not. If you don't, maybe they want you to try one. Oh, okay, okay. Especially if you are not from Terengganu. Mm. Uh, previously, the tour guide were like promoting, if you come to Terengganu, you should eat turtle egg. Oh, God. <laughs> so that was, that, that was what happened back then. But we always advise them to not encourage uh, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, whenever they get a new tourist in town. And then almost two-thirds of the consumers, they are aware that the sale of the egg have declined. They know. Right. Okay? And when asked, what do you think caused the decline? And they said, uh, oh, it's the coastal pollution. Right. Or caused by olives. So the reason for consumption, it's not being said by the consumers. Right. So, so the source of the problem mm. is anything but me. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. And then we asked them, they knew that consuming turtle eggs is the main cause of extinction. Would they give up eating turtle eggs? What do you think the answer is? Uh, no. As sad as I feel about it, they probably said no. You're wrong. <laughs> ah, I mean, that's a good thing to be wrong. <laughs> 91% said they would give up consuming turtle eggs. They knew consuming the eggs will cause tension. So that's a good a good one that we get like, from 1,090 consumers. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty significant. I mean, so if they know yeah. that the activity they're carrying out is going to cause their extinction, they'll stop. Then what immediately comes to mind is the leatherback sea turtles that became functionally extinct because of the turtle egg consumption. So surely they, they must see that egg consumption resulted in that, right? Or am I missing something? 
maybe they are in denial. They want they know, but they don't want to admit that that right. the one of the reasons mm. of the letter back. It could happen to the rest. We don't talk. Right. Okay. So I mean, so the severity of egg consumption must be quite extensive. That someone would be so bold as to try to sell sea turtle eggs on Shopee. So the issue with Shopee because of the pandemic, the Malaysian government has restricted the movement whereby we we can't cross between the streets. Mm. So these licensed egg collectors can still go collect egg. They have special permission to do that. So they need to find someone to buy the egg. Right. So because they can't go there, they can't cross the district. For example, from Kemaman to go to Alchanganu, there will be like three districts. They can't do that. So what they, they do is they sort for online, either through Facebook or through WhatsApp. So we have information so far from March until May, we have recorded 13 sellers on Facebook and via WhatsApp. Oh. So I think previously selling via Facebook is quite normal, but not this much. And the price ranging from 3 ringgit to 7 ringgit and 90 cent for one piece. Uh, how do you get your eggs? It's either um, cash on delivery, either they, they come and meet you, or you go to them to get the eggs. For those listeners at home, you did not see that my jaw hit the floor when I heard that 13, 13 shoppers, sellers on Facebook. I'm speechless. I'm actually speechless. That is, that is bonkers. That's, oh, so, oh, okay. So this, this, oh God, this seems like such, this seems like such <laughs> a bad problem, but is there anything yeah. that like normal Malaysians can do to help because it seems like such a systematic societal kind of issue so how can individual like if there are individual malaysians that actually want to do something about it but they feel paralyzed by how big the problem is is there anything that local malaysians can do of course um so before i go to that there is one licensed collector when everybody else are selling online for consumption. This one particular egg collector, he sold the egg to the conservation NGO and have all the eggs incubated, oh. which is very good. He managed to sell it for quite a high price, but yeah, we saved a lot more egg uh, than being sold to the market. So did he sell it back to the hatchery only because of the MCO or has he always been doing this? He's been doing that for the past few years, but because he's also restricted from going to Kolotrangani to sell the egg. So, but he needs he needs the money, right? He needs the money and right, he needs right. to sell the egg. So he sold it to that NGO. At least he gets his share and um, the eggs are incubated. Right. Okay. So there's hope. So there is hope. Like, I mean, one of the turtle egg collectors is selling back to the hatchery. So, I mean, he is trying to make a quick buck, but there is hope. Yes. Um, actually, if the right agency has the fund to buy back eggs, I would think that the licensed collectors would sell all of the eggs to them rather than sell it to the market. But because of the demand from the consumers, mm. even, it's from, even if it's from the orang kampung, from the local villages, this, you know this thing about, it's a delicacy. Yeah. It's not a tradition anymore. Eating turtle eggs is not a tradition anymore. It's right. a delicacy. Like, like the survey said, it's because they think it's delicious. But to change that behavior, it's quite difficult. Mm. Uh, but what we do is we educate the youngsters, school students. Okay. <laughs> I got a funny story. <laughs> so this one girl, she told she told me his father came back from somewhere and um, brought her to eat. And then she told her father, 
um, I don't eat turtle eggs. I don't want to eat turtle eggs because I heard from the talk we shouldn't eat turtle eggs and blah, 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 blah. And she got scolded by the father. Oh, dear. And she was forced to eat the egg. That's not a that's not a funny story at all. That's a sad story. Ow. That's heartbreaking. Uh, that's quite common actually. I think a few kids told me that. But it takes time. So back to your question. What can we do? Right, yeah. Mm, well, we need the public support directly. For example, if they encounter any wrongdoings, either they are selling leather bag eggs or they see someone touching the in the water. We don't mind make it viral, actually. Because when they make it viral, it will be picked up by the reporters. Yes, and yeah. they, will, they will want answers from the government. And that's how we can get action to be taken fast. If they report to us and then we report to the government, we don't know whether they will take any action to that. I mean, they will take action, but it'll be slower. So for the case of Shopee, you see, it was very quick. I think within one week, everything is settled. Even the the politician made a statement to amend the Tengganu Tepat Egg Inapun. Just because reporters kept asking for a solution from the government, from the state government. Because, like I said, turtle is a state matter. Right. So, and um, it's very timely now that the state government of Tengganu and also the Department of Fisheries Tengganu is seriously reviewing the Tengganu Tepat Inapun and they are taking steps towards protecting turtle and its parts, including eggs, since last year. So we hope well, one of the possible amendments is to ban the tip of all the species, not just leather bag So we hope that the enactment will be amended soon, not later. Mm-hmm. And for the public, for example, you are involved in a turtle adoption program uh, and then you go to the beach and you want to release the turtles, please make sure that whoever that is organizing that activity do not retain or keep the hatchlings Overnight. So in the SOP, the hatchling or baby turtles should be released as soon as possible. So they shouldn't keep the hatchling just because they want to get more customers. That shouldn't happen. And if it happened, you can say, you're not supposed to do this, that, that, that. Or you can make a, 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 a report to the department. Okay, so it sounds like the public have quite a bit of sway with the government in terms of reporters being nosy and as well as the public also saying to the tourist operators no you shouldn't do that so these are the kind of things that the public can help out with exactly because we are not there we are not there all the time Uh, we don't know what's happening on the ground sometimes Mm. so the publics are our eyes and ears right and i guess the government had enough of ngos poking them on the side ah these bloody ngos (laughs) yes So for those of you listeners at home, you may recall that I mentioned that I got to meet some of the folks at WWF Malaysia, particularly the ones working on the sea turtle conservation projects in Terengganu. And I have to say that they really do amazing work. It's incredible that only just three people are able to manage all the different projects and really face all these challenges, which is not easy, with such grace and commitment and tenacity. So I could go on and on and on about the amazing work that WWF does, but I think I'm going to let Sharifa go because I've taken up a, a lot of her time. Is there anything else that you want to say to our listeners at home before we end this episode? Yes, please do not eat the eggs. If you have eaten the eggs for many, many years, please quit. It's not just for your health, but it's for the turtles. You don't want these species to go extinct, just like the leatherback. So there you have it, folks. Sharifa has pleaded with you, the listening public, to stop eating turtle eggs. 
And with that, I would like to remind you that if you would like to make your pledge to stop eating turtle eggs, follow the link in our description. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, SCBMSIA. That's SCBMSIA. To keep up to date and follow along with the events up until World Sea Turtle Day. And with that, I'd like to thank Sharifa. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed yourself. As short as this conversation is. Yes, I did. Thank you for having me. And that's it. Thanks very much. And we'll see you next time.